0: Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We're talking about encounter the faces of worship. We've gone through the faces of prayer, the faces of praise, and now we're in the faces of worship. And I'm quite humbled to be able to even have a chance to even speak about this, uh, the opportunity, uh, and quite nervous, honestly, you know, um, a reverence to understand, you know, it's not something to speak about lightly. Amen, 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 amen. So we're gonna get right into the word um, today. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. And just like our pastor says, you know, you can be a gymnast today you know, as we flip over to Genesis and then while you're flipping, you want to land on your feet as we stand for the reading of God's word on today. Amen. 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 Genesis chapter 22. We're going to start at verse one and we're going to read verses one through 12. So if you can stand to honor the reading of God's word today. Amen. Saying <clears throat> so, it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his, unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, my father, he said, and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both them together. And they came to the place which God had told of him told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham he said here am I and he said, "Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me." Amen. Amen. It's very, very, uh, I would say, a well-known story. Maybe you don't know it this morning, but we're going to be talking about the parable of worship, the parable of worship, um, and we got some work to do. <laughs> Amen, amen. So um, when we pick up this story here, you, you know, we see Abraham you know, pretty much being tested by God. And we're gonna go over a few definitions before we get deep into the scriptures because we wanna go over what, what does encounter mean? Because we're talking about encounter this year, encountering God, right? To meet as an adversary or enemy to engage in conflict with, to come upon face to face, a pleasant meeting, To come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly, encounter difficulties to meet, especially by chance. And of course, right now, we're going to be focusing in on uh, definition number two, to come upon face to face a pleasant meeting. Amen. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about this, too, uh, let's go over the definition for worship. Definition for worship. Worship is excessive. Excessive admiration of or devotion to a person and that person that we're talking about is God, but it can be a person or thing because worship can be given to the wrong places and the wrong people. Amen. 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 Let's go over one more definition and kind of give us some precedence for where we're going today. The law of first mentions, the law of first mentions, the first, the law of first mentions, the first mention of often establishes a precedent pattern or biblical concept that occurs throughout the rest of the Bible. So why do I go over this particular definition as we're talking about this, because this is the first time that we see the word worship That we see the word worship. So this is the first time worship is mentioned. I'm I'm not saying that this is the first time that acts of worship were performed. Amen. But this is the first time worship was mentioned. So, with this definition, and we when we look into this text, this is one of the laws of how you, can, how you can approach scripture. For those that are looking to be excited about scripture, excited about the word, you can go back to the first time something was mentioned and begin to see God's first thoughts, his first introduction. Many times there's a lot of things there that God is introducing to mankind, to his people, for us to be able to begin to understand and you see the same attributes all throughout the rest of the bible it goes and keeps on going in line this is how doctrine is created this is what doctrine comes from we go from the beginning to the end amen so the law first mentioned so this is very very of course this is why this particular uh scripture stood out as even as me and my wife was talking about this she actually brought this up i was actually somewhere else and you know this is how god can use other people around you and as i begin to dig into it I said, God, you know, this is because I was already thinking about this is the first place, you know, Um, and as we started talking about it, we started just getting into the word a little more together and um, the Lord led me to share. Amen. So we want to share what God has begun to show us about the law of first mentions, even about worship. Amen. So we see God's mindset. We see God's approach. We see God, you know, what he does. And even if we go back because we can dare to say that Abel worshiped. We talking about Cain and Abel, Abel worshiped, right? Noah worshiped. We can dare to say that because of their submission and their obedience, amen, and their sacrifice. So when we come here in Genesis chapter 22, this is after that, you know, Abraham has had his son, Isaac. God has fulfilled his word uh, and out of a dead place you know, Isaac has come, meaning new life has come. Amen. So when we're talking about even this, this approach of worship and how God begins to introduce us to the word worship, or even where Abraham is saying, look, this is where I'm being intentional about my worship. What do we see here in the first verse? And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. So uh, as we're getting into worship, as God is now trying to invite Abraham into a place of worship, because this is an invitation from God, but this invitation starts out with a test. Not the enemy putting us on trial, not the enemy trying to tempt us, because this tempting is meaning is is a test. It's a test. I'm giving the definition for tempt. It means what? To test, to try to prove, to tempt, to assay, uh, to put to the proof or test. So God does put us in test. And many times when God is inviting us into places of worship, into, into times of worship, into understanding some things about worship, there are some things that he looks to test. And see, there's some things that you look, as we listen to this word, as God begins to speak to us this morning, I want us to look back through our life and see where has God been testing you? Because where God's been testing you may be where he's trying to teach you something about worship. Where God has been testing you may be where he's trying to teach you something about himself, so and something about your yourself, myself, so we can see him more clearly, amen? Abraham's already been walking with him. He's already had his name changed, his identity changed, and all of these different things. God has fulfilled his word to Abraham, but now after God fulfilled his word, after God blesses, increases, do all these different things, there's a test that comes after that because God wants to know some things, and of course, it can be argued that God already knows, right? So why is he testing? We're going to get into that, Amen. Amen. Now, one of, one of the words for test, uh, one of the part of the definition was to assay. And this particular word actually stuck out to me. So I looked it up and it means to analyze for one or more specific components to judge the worth of or to analyze uh, analysis, to determine the presence, absence or quantity of one or more components. So God puts us to the test to see the uh, what is what do we have? what do we really have on the inside of us? He puts us to the test to see what you have. Are you going to lean upon it or go away from it? Are you, do you have enough of what you're supposed to have to be able to pass the test? Amen. so sometimes the test is what to reveal us, reveal unto us where we are so we can understand what's going on with us. Sometimes you got a little bit of what you need, but you don't have enough. Amen. To pass the test. So look, but let's look at, let's look back into our life and say, what test am I passing right now? And what test am I failing right now? Amen. Cause there's some tests that we're failing. You know, we're not passing everything. Amen. There's some things that we're failing at. There's some things where we don't have enough to pass enough information to pass, enough strength to pass, enough endurance to pass, enough dedication or devotion to pass. There's some things that we are not passing well. Amen. But there are some things that we're passing and God is saying, okay, you got enough here. So let's, let's, let's graduate to the next place. Amen. So he tells him, look, you know, this is what God, God is coming with the intent to test him. Come on, you ought to look at your neighbor, look at yourself if you're by yourself and say, it's a test, it's a test, it's a test, it's a test. That difficult situation you're in, it's a test. It is a test. It may seem unfair because see, this is the thing. This would seem very unfair, what God is testing him on. This seems very unjust, ungodlike. It seems very opposite of the God of the Bible, all of these different things. It, It seems very unorthodox, makes no sense. And that's the way the test usually feels. It feels that way because God has to unearth and get past what we think we know and what we think makes sense to us and what we feel like we're so, you know, grounded about and stuff like that. He puts us through tests to see, do you really know what you know? Are you really going to stick with what you're going to stick with? Do you really know me like you say you know me? And some of us, we're realizing that that we know him, but we don't know him the way we say we know him. So he said, look, he said, now behold, here I am. He didn't run from the test. And I want to encourage you today. Stop running from the test. Don't run from the test. You know, it's a test. And if you don't know, now, you know, this morning, you know, it's a test. Now, you know, this morning It's a test. Dig in and do what it takes to pass the test. Why does God keep on putting you through certain situations, allowing certain things to happen, not allowing certain things to manifest, not allowing certain things to happen? Why are you waiting so long for some things that God says he already has done and it's already finished and, and, you know, it's already a promise and it's already completed and all of these different things God has already spoken to because it's a test because God wants to see after you receive some things, can you pass this next test? And see, testing is not what we kind of, you know, put together with worship. But when God is trying to invite us into a place of worship, and to an understanding of worship many times we see tests and we can see this and you go throughout scripture there are different t- there are different times that he allowed enemies to come that he allowed battles to come so he could reveal himself he allowed struggles to come even if we go through the book of exodus you can see you can see where he said i'm gonna harden pharaoh's heart why to put to to so i can show myself to be greater than all the other gods that they're worshiping. It was a test to see, are they going to follow God even when they don't seem to be getting the freedom that was promised to them when Moses first showed up. It's a test. Follow the test. Let's pass the test. Come on, look at somebody and tell them you can pass the test. You can pass the test. You can, you can, you can. He wouldn't test you if you couldn't pass it, amen. So let's go to verse two and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. So God is speaking directly to this. He said, this is going to affect you. (laughs) This, 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 you have an emotional tie to this. I'm testing you in places where you have an emotional tie to. And for some of us, it is our sons. It is our daughters. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. For some of us, it is is our careers. It is our money. It It is our faith. It is the things that God has told us to do in all the different areas that he's told us to accomplish different things. It's the things that's connected to the things that we love, that he does not have a problem testing us in the place where we have love in other places. He don't have a problem with it because what that love is, there's devotion. Uh, uh, Sometimes there's excessive admiration. Oh, yes. And sometimes there's a little bit of worship. Amen. Uh, Sometimes there's a whole lot of worship because we love that thing sometimes more than what we what we say we do. We love it more than what we actually want to say that we love it. Amen. And it begins to now compromise our devotion to God because we love it more than we, we love God. So he said, look, you love your son. It's your only son. Because you don't even look at the other son as being your son. (laughs) Because you just tried in chapter 21 to kick them out the house. You just tried to get rid of that son, but that is still your son. But you don't, but this is your promised son. This is the son where you you're saying you're going to pass everything down to him. And this is the promised son. But this is the other son of the son of your flesh. You know, it's it's that thing, you know, you want to push to the side. Amen. But this son, you love this son. See, there's some things that we love more than other things. Not just God, but we love it more than other people in our life. There's some people we love more than other people in our life. That it shouldn't be that way. Amen. Say and he said, "Get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee." Of. So he said, "Look, I want you to I want you to take this son I just gave you, that I just promised to you, that you and your you and your wife struggled through all these years and made these mistakes to be able to bring into being, and I want you to offer him as a burnt offering. I want you to." give him to me totally. Now, this is what wasn't a metaphorically thing. And Abraham did not approach this in a metaphorical way, because it's really easy for us to come to the scriptures and say, well, it was metaphorical. You know, it really wasn't, you know, what God wanted him to do. Amen. But what Abraham took the commandment of God and said, "Okay, that's what you want. That's what you're going to get. That's what you, that's what you're asking me for. I have total obedience to you. That's what you're going to get. But we're going to see that there's a reason why that Abraham had this confidence. Amen. He had this great confidence. Now where he was taking him was the land of Moriah. Now the land of Moriah is also where Calvary is. It's also where Zion is, It's where the Mount of Olives is. (laughs) All these different mountains are there. So he said, I'm going to show you where to go. And see, see the language that God is using, it's your only son. It's, your, it, it's the only, it's the, the one and only son that you have, the one that you love. I want you to take him to Moriah, take him to that place of sacrifice, take him to that place of crucifixion. With that, now, we don't have Bible to say that he went right to Calvary, but we do have Bible to say that he went to the Vicinity that he went to the area. So we don't know if he went to the Mount of Olives. We don't know if he went to Mount Calvary. We don't know if he went to Mount Moriah. We we don't know. You know, we don't know if he went to Mount Zion and took his son up there. But God already has showed him meaning there's some things that God has showed him that is not being totally shared through the scriptures. Come on now. Meaning that there's some things that God shows you that you specifically supposed to do sometimes that you don't always share with everybody, but there are certain instructions that you need to do. There's certain specific, uh, specific things that you're supposed to do when God tells you to do something that you don't always necessarily share with everybody, but it's in those specifics where God is saying, okay, will you totally obey me? Will you totally worship me. Amen. And we're going to see what God, what is God trying to measure here? Amen. So look, let's go to verse three and we're going to get it and get into some other stuff here for a little bit. I got a little ways to go. Amen. Help me. Holy ghost. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and asked his son and, Clay, and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place in which God had told him. Right? So come on, give me verse four two. so then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. So, so we see some similarities here. This sounds a little, you know, familiar with a certain story about a certain son. Amen. So let's go over to Hebrews, and we're gonna make this a little bit more clear. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. We're gonna go to verse 17. It said by faith Abraham, when he was tried, meaning he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he and he that had received the promises offered up his only what begotten son. Right, right. Come on. And of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Give me verse 19. And accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. He received him in a figure. Now, this is where we get the parable of worship from right here. Because when we go back to the scriptures, even over in uh, Genesis, we see the similarities of Christ's death. We see the similarities of, of Christ and, and the only begotten son, as the Bible calls Isaac, Abraham, Isaac was Abraham's only begotten son. Amen. So now we see him what riding on an ass going towards crucifixion, going towards not just not, not crucifixion, but sacrifice. Amen. Just the same way that our son, that, that Jesus Christ rode on a donkey, Hosanna entering into the city right? So uh, now we also see what the two young men, the two other people that are present, just like there was two other people that were present during the time that Jesus was crucified, two other guys, right? So we see, we see what this, 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 this parable going on Even more, we see the wood, Just like the wooden cross, we see the lad carrying the wood. We see Isaac carrying the wood, carrying that thing that is pretty much going to be the fuel of his sacrifice. Supposed to be the fuel of his death, just the same way that the cross was the fuel of Christ's death. Amen. And we see the burnt sacrifice also as well, because Christ was holy, completely, a, a, a complete full sacrifice. No, he was not set on fire, but he was a complete sacrifice in the fire of God's judgment, the fire of God's judgment, amen. And now we see also these things, these are all parables, right? This is all a parable going on in, in Abraham that God is using his life to mirror some things that God was wanting to do later on. Then on the third day, he lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. on the third day. So we see now that in a sense, what, the, what, what some people say that, you know, some theologians or those that study scripture say, what well, his son was dead technically, uh, you know, symbolically for three days, you know, and on this third day, this was going to be the completion. In a sense, we know in a sense where, you know, we've already read through the story, so we know he does not kill him, right? But in a sense, he's now being raised from the dead. But it is this figure, it is this figure, this figure of what we're talking about here understanding what does that really mean you know figure in in, in over in uh, in uh in Hebrews he's saying this is okay here we go figure over in the Hebrews saying a parable uh, proverb meaning what to put one thing by the side of another for the sake of comparison to compare or to liken right so when he's saying this figure this was a figure he was using his life and and pretty much mirroring the, the, the will and the plan of God through Abraham and Isaac's life. And see, this is the issue that some of us have. And this is the issue that we have sometimes with God because we don't wanna be a parable of worship. Meaning we're fine with times of worship We're fine with being in the presence of God. That's great. But when God says, now I want you to live out and now just be the imitation of me in the earth. I want you to live out what I want you to live out. I want you to live out a parable of what I'm showing you. I want you to live out the suffering, live out the grief. I want you to live out the death. I want you to live out the sacrifice. I want you to be that parable where I can put you beside what I, what I experience. We can, we can, we can go side by side. Not saying that we're equal with God. We're not equal with God. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is the Bible tells us to be imitators of God as dear children. As our father, he wants us to be able to live and experience the things that he experiences, to to show forth his image in the earth. And this is what worship is supposed to produce. And this is what uh, this is what Abraham understood. Abraham understood that real worship was a, a real obedience to God. This excessive uh, uh, admiration and devotion to God brings you to this place to where you're now having to sacrifice what you think makes sense, what you feel like, what you, what you, what you thought it was gonna be before, the things that all the plans that you had before and all these things, it, 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 what it does, it brings you to a place of death. Worship and death and sacrifice are very closely connected sacrifice is very close. And this is why sometimes it's so difficult for some of us to get into the place of worship, even to have times of worship, because we don't want to sacrifice the time. We don't want to sacrifice the work that it takes to get in. We don't want to sacrifice the devotion that may take a couple of weeks because we've been so far away. It may take a couple of months because we've been so far away. It may take a little bit of time for you to get back to a place where your heart is sensitive back to him. Because there's some things that we have walked through where he said, look, this, what you're walking through, what I'm asking you to sacrifice, what I'm asking you to put on the line for me, what I'm asking, what I'm commanding you, where I'm testing you has caused some of us to pull away from him. Yeah, it's caused some of us to pull away. Yeah, I'm testing you with that child. I'm testing you with with them finances. I'm testing you with that marriage. I'm testing you with them relationship. I'm testing you with your career. I'm testing you with the promises that I told you was going to happen. I'm testing you with time. I'm testing you with all these different things. And because we don't like the test, we begin to pull away. We pull away from worship. Now we pull away, but we still want to have times of worship. We still want to have times where we're with him. You know, we want, but, the, the, but the test, we, we want to ignore the test. We don't want to do what it takes to get through the test. Cause we think we have time to pass it later on. See one thing I like about Abraham, he didn't waste time. He got up in the morning. He said, okay, you tell me to do this today. I'm doing it tomorrow. Let's get up. Let's go. Let's pack up. Let's go. He didn't waste time. Some of us are wasting too much time, and that's actually what's hindering our worship because we think we got time to get close to God and we got time to not have to confront certain issues in our life and in our relationships and in our businesses and and the things that are at our hands. We think we have time. We think things are just going to just go and just, just be all right without confrontation, but it's not going to be. He confronted that he had to kill his child. He confronted that he had to give up the promise that was just given to him. He confronted that he had to put that thing on the line that he loved for some of us, we're upset with God, upset with God because what he promised, it ain't came to pass yet. It ain't It ain't doing what it's supposed to do. Matter of fact, it feel like a burden. Matter of fact, it feel like it's too much. Matter of fact, you are upset and mad and just, just, just don't want that much to do with God, but you know you still love him because you love his presence. You know you still need him, but what he's requiring is too much. What you're having to walk through has pushed you so far away, you don't know what to do. What you have to confront in your life has now just twisted the way that you look at God. But see, there's something about Abraham. There's something about Abraham. And I think we have to learn this from this story. And these are some things that I never saw in this story. Come on, give me verse five. Uh, you know, in verse five, we see. Uh, we see the parable right in verse three and four he's giving up his son what is God calling you to give up look it ain't just your time that's part of it what is God calling you to give up to get closer for some of most of us it's your opinion it's 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 our feelings it's your fears I was in, a, you know, just getting ready this morning. And the Lord said, you want to cry to me, but you want to bow to fear. You want to cry and worship me, but you want to bow to procrastination. You want to cry and worship, but you want to bow to anger. You want to bow to lust. But what you are bowing to is what you worship. I just got your emotion." Not saying you don't love me. Yeah, you love me, but you're bowing to this because this you don't really want to have to deal with and conquer and get past it. We don't want to have to do what it takes to kill that place where we're, where we're bowing to the wrong thing. Cause just think about this, Abraham came from or Abram Came from Ur of the Chaldees. He he had he came from an idolatrous place. So it's that it's not that he didn't understand worship, how to worship something, how to be devoted to something. But he was called out of that place. So now even what God is asking him to do sounds like it makes no sense. And some of the things God is telling you to do it don't make sense to you, and you can't get past your sense. You're bowing to your own intellect. We bow to our own, our own emotions and we don't want to do what it takes to fight past that, to break that down, to break down our fears, to break down our disobedience, to break down our fear of you know losing control of our lives. Why? Because there's other things that we're bowing to that's causing us to bow to that. It's called hurt, pain. Stuff we ain't really over, bitterness, unforgiveness. Oh, we got some idols, but we know how to cry before him. God got our tears, but not our hearts. sometimes. He got our tears, but not our devotion, not our obedience. And I'm talking about me too. At one point, he barely had my tears. Because I said, God, I just don't understand. None of this. I am lost. And I'm upset. Mad. Because I don't understand which way to go. But I didn't want to have to try to fight through. I still wanted my understanding to stay intact. Just 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 let me do what we agreed on already. My plans. How this thing's supposed to go. Come on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying there too long. Let's go. Saying Abraham said unto his young man, Abide ye here. With the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. Look at this. So he's saying, look, stay right here. Abide right here. Me and the lad, we're going to go and worship. Why, did he, why, why could he say we're going to come again? So There's something that Abraham knew. Well, I want to ask you, what are you prostrating yourself before? Because part of one of the definitions of worship is to depress. What's depressing you? What depresses you? What makes you feel low? Because that thing that makes you feel low is trying to make you worship it. It could just be a thought. It could just be an issue. It could just be something that you just really won't fix right now. And it's messing up you being able to see God for who he is. Because if we be honest, that thing that depresses us, that thing that, 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 that makes us just want to go prostrate, meaning the things that make you want to go to sleep you don't want to deal with it. y'all know what I'm talking about when you just want to go lay down I don't want to talk about that I just want to take a nap I don't want to have to face that oh that thing is vying for your worship it's trying to get your worship the stuff you don't want to have to be aggressive to go and go get to have to go fight through some stuff and make some people uncomfortable to be able to manifest it God already gave it to you God already he's already given it to you God already gave you the idea. This is something that the Lord told me, uh, you know, he said, uh, he said, when you get the idea and you treat it like it was yours. You ask me for an answer. I give you an idea. And now you taking time to get the idea done like it's your idea, like it's your gift. He said, the idea is mine. The idea is for my testimony to become, uh, uh, you know, become real in the earth. So you can't get the idea, have the way to go, know the way to go. And then you take a forever to go down the road. Why? Because we are afraid. I had to tell my wife last night, I said, there's some things I'm just afraid of. I've been trying to dress it up a certain way, but there's some things I'm just afraid of. If I be honest, I'm afraid. And because I'm afraid that thing now, God has been showing me. This thing is trying to get my worship. It's getting my devotion because I want some things to be settled before I move forward. All right. So he said, look, abide here and, you know, we're going to go and worship and we're going to come again. He had faith. So this is what kept him through the process was his faith. You worship in spirit and truth, faith is going to reveal who God is. Faith is what's going to please God. We worship in spirit and truth, and you can't have truth. You can't have real faith without truth, because what faith is a conviction of the truth. So when you begin to worship and you see who God is, and God has already showed you, why do we let that conviction go down? Why, do we so, why, do we, why are we so soon to forget all the greatness that God has showed us? And we let the conviction go down, but we, we remember the memory. Oh, I know what God can do but we're not convicted enough where it's giving you energy to do this again. All right. Come on. This us going to be verse six. See. We got a little ways to go. So look in verse six, it says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife. And they went both together. Now the wood was the apparatus that God was providing a sacrifice that God was using to provide a sacrifice. You know, this is this is this is where we get this 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 law of first mentions. This is where we begin to see all of what God's mindset is when it comes to worship. Because when we go and go even go back if we go talk about Abel we see that he worship, even when you go to the book of Hebrews and go through the hall of fame of faith, you know, is one of what I like to call it, you know, when they th- start talking about all the people who live there, it, it, it says that Abel worshiped by faith, but through his sacrifice. So it's not that this was the first time somebody worshiped, but this is the first time somebody mentioned the word of worship. Amen. So that's what we're dealing with. Right. So, but we see the first time that God is mentioning the word or that God, that the Bible is being very specific about mentioning the word. We see how closely related this is to Christ. That's not by mistake either. There is a purpose behind your parable. There's a purpose behind what God is trying to allow you to walk through. That's supposed to be a, a, a mirror of what he, who he is in the earth. See, the purpose behind this parable is for us to be able to go and look and see and for people to be able to see the mirror and the pointing to of Christ, even in this story. To understand, to see that this was the pattern that God now, this is how you will bring us closer to you. This is how you will make a way for us. This is how you will forgive us. This is how you will save us. But we have to, because you are such a great father, you don't hold anything back. Now God is saying, "What are we holding back?" He's given His only begotten Son for us. What are we willing to give? There's some things we're just not willing to give. Some of us we we, we get offended when when the Bible says, "I suppose to love God more than my family, my children, and my wife and my and my husband." I Meaning in side by side in comparison, it almost should look like I hate them. The level of love that I have for God and the level of love I have for them. Why? Because God understands the level of love you have for him and devotion you have for them is going to directly affect everybody else in your life. When your love grows greater for God, everybody else is blessed because real love flows from him. My love is fake. Your love is fake too. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) It's flaky. It gets tired. It doesn't want to keep on doing what it's supposed to do amen it's not faithful amen so we see this this parable live out your parable finish the test come on look at somebody them. finish the test finish the test this fire here it it signified god's judgment amen so in verse seven says look and isaac spake unto abraham his father and said my father and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Where's the lamb? Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Amen. So take me to John chapter eight, verse 55. This is what we see Christ kind of getting on the Pharisees and all that kind of stuff. Where they, you know, of course, in the Jewish culture, They hold Abraham as to be of high regard. The father, we call him the father of faith. He is the father of pretty much their nation. Amen. The father of the Jewish nation. Amen. Or the Hebrew nation. So it says what? Yet ye have not known him. Now he's speaking about Abraham, but I know him. This is Jesus talking. He said, you don't know him, but I know him. Okay, and then he says, if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. <laughs> Jesus was tough. Jesus was tough. <laughs> you think you know him, but you don't know him. I actually know him, but I know him and I keep his sayings. Come on now. So, and then he said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. So look at this. This is what began to blow my mind because this is what God was saying. Look, why do you not worship off your last revelation? The last thing that I showed you supposed to give you security to move through the test. Why did Abraham have so much confidence? Why did he say God is going to provide himself a lamb? God has showed Abraham, Jesus. We understand Abraham was a prophet. We don't know, we already already put into place that Abraham did not share everything that God showed him, did not share everything that God told him where to go and what to do. So Abraham was fully convinced that what God showed him now, that he saw what? resurrection. He went to the place, the area, and we can almost argue he probably went to Mount Calvary, but we don't know. He went close enough in the area to under, for us to be able to see the similitude of the stories that Christ, where Christ was crucified, is the same place where Isaac now, where the Bible now talks later on saying that he was Abraham's only begotten son, where Christ was, they went to the same area. Because Abraham saw Jesus. So he knew and and he knew because before now there's been no resurrection. So for the Bible to say that he had the faith that God was able to raise up a burnt up son. Not just a stabbed son, not just a slain with a knife son. I'm talking about one that's been wholly burnt up from the ashes one that's been fully consumed that god was able to raise that son up from the dead he had that type of faith it was because of two things he knew that isaac came out of a dead place anyway because he came from abraham and sarah and all of their body parts for reproductive purposes were dead god gave them life second thing is he saw jesus and i believe This is why he understood that resurrection was possible because he saw Jesus and he rejoiced in the resurrection that he saw. So why do we not go back to why do you not have enough faith in what God has showed you? To follow through with what God is telling you to do. For some of us, we want to go deep into worship, but God is saying, I'm just trying to see if you're going to take the last revelation that I gave you, the last things that I showed you, and actually follow through with what I'm telling you to do. Are you willing to follow all the way through? Or is the thing that I'm telling you to do pulling on your heart and your soul so much that you cannot get past yourself to be able to do? it?" I raise my hand. Because worship, what is the sacrifice of us? It's the sacrifice for someone. God wants that living sacrifice. So he said, what? Why did he say, he said, but where's the lamb and the burnt offering? What did Abraham say in verse eight? So Abraham said, my son, God will what? Provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. He understood that a lamb, now we don't know how he was showed. We don't know if God showed him a lamb being crucified, but we do see that Jesus said, "Hey, Abraham saw me and rejoiced. He saw my day and rejoiced. What was he rejoicing about? Because people were being healed. Because no, he was rejoicing because this was the this was the one that was going to be sent to save his nation that was coming out of his loins." Amen. So he saw what what is the last thing God showed you? The last thing God showed you should give you the strength to be able to do what God is telling you to do now. The last few things. Some of us the library of things because we don't ask God to show us a whole lot of stuff. God show me this. God show me that. Show me this. And we got so much revelation and we still bowing to fear. We're still bowing to disobedience. We're still bowing to waiting. We're still bowing to not doing what not following through. We're still bowing to these things. We're still bowing to our flesh. We're still bowing to our emotions, to our will, what we want. We're still bowing to that because we're not fully convinced what God showed us is actually going to come to pass. We want to say that we believe it and we do. We, We believe it. We believe it to be true, but we don't always believe that it's going to come to pass for us if we are involved. And this is what worship should bring us into that place. God wants you to bring that thing before him to bring and bring the strength of what he has said and be fully persuaded. Stop going back and forth. Stop being double minded about it. Go ahead and commit. Commit your belief with actions. Commit your belief with unyielding follow through. Commit your belief with a push to be able to say, No, I know what God showed me, and I'm going to go do that. God gave you an idea. Give it back to Him. It's not yours anyway, it's not mine anyway. It's His answer, His testimony. God gave you a gift. Give it back to him. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's his gift. It's his talent. Meaning if I'm going to worship, I can't let the things me get in the way, get in the way of God being put on display to where he wants to be shown. So look at this in verse nine. And they came to the place which God had told him of. I just think, you know, God was specifically because we know we serve a very intentional God, told him to go to a very intentional place. Who already knew that this is where his son would be. And Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So look, that, 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 see, he was setting the stage for obedience. And this is what sometimes what we don't do. And, and, and I'm not and I'm not downplaying the times of worship. I'm not downplaying crying and weeping before the Lord. This is what we need for some of us. This is what we need to be able to pour out to get past the fear, to get past those things, to get past, you know, uh, uh, the hesitation, to get past our flesh, to get out of lust, to get out of pride, to get to really prostrate ourselves before him. But what I'm saying is after you come up out of that place, Set the stage of obedience, set it in order, set stuff in order for obedience to happen. Set it in order for things to actually now begin to follow through. He was following through what God said. We don't see him weeping. The Bible doesn't talk about him being upset. The Bible doesn't talk about now. of course, because he was on the strength of his last encounter. Of what God has showed him. He used his faith to give him the strength to now go and do something that didn't make sense to him. It didn't make sense. Of course, it didn't make sense, but he saw something that made it make sense. See, we've seen people in our lives right here in this ministry. You know, it makes sense. You just don't want the process. We don't want to have to go through certain things. We want to skip certain steps and skip certain things, and we want a different version of what God has put you purposely here to be able to see. Because we want to modify it, modify it in the sense of taking away the essence of what it was. Not something I'm, I'm not talking about the building the pun, amen. The building the pun has to be careful too as well. But the modifying and saying, "Well, I'm going to change the foundation." There's no change in this foundation. Some things cannot be modified. Should not and will not be modified. Amen. They're put in place for safety. They're put in place for stability. They're put in place so the for, so the house can be built with honor and with stability and order. Amen. So put put set the stage for your obedience. Set the stage. Get things in place. Some things. We say, oh man, I need to do this. I need to do that. And we say what the highest form of worship is what? Obedience. Obedience. Abraham worshiped. Even through putting his son and tying his son to the altar. See, there's some things, there's some family members. Some of us, we need to tie them to the altar. And leave them there. Because they're affecting your belief. They're affecting your devotion. They're affecting your worship. They're affecting things. God, I give them to. I give them to you. You do what you want to do with them. We say that, but we ain't, we don't leave them there. So when you leave them there, I'm going to tell you, this, that's part of my testimony. It put a fear through my heart when my parents was like, oh, we gave you to the Lord. And I said, that wasn't moved by nothing I was doing, nothing. No, we gave you to the Lord. We're just going to pray for you. We just gonna pray for you. And whatever happened, that's what happens. You're gonna live with your choices, you're gonna mess up some stuff. But we ain't gonna be put through torture behind your demons, behind your addictions, behind your rebellion. That's when I got scared. Why? What was being scared? What was scared? It was the demons that were scared in me. It was the demons, the demons that wanted to control my parents and get their faith off. Because I was the last one to come in. And I was a little wild. For my house, I was a little wild. <laughs> I was very rebellious, very emotional. So that 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 you know, yeah. But when they said no, we're not gonna be controlled by this. Not even in our emotions. God got you totally and completely. That's when I got scared. Come on. I got to go ahead and finish up. Give me verse 10 saying Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So he was going to follow through with it. See some things you need. Some things we have a problem with because it seems like it's close to death. God allows it to get to the place where it seems like it's about to fall all apart. That death is actually going to happen because we don't have the faith to believe that God can do something even past death, even something past things falling apart. Amen. Some things you're going to have to stretch out, stretch out and just do it. Obey and worship with your obedience stretch out meaning it's going to be painful it's going to be inconvenient it's not going to fit your schedule things are not going to come together correctly all the time it's going to be uncomfortable you're not always going to like it you're going to have to work through some uncomfortabilities work through people's emotions work through the people's wills and everything but stretch out anyway give me verse 11 Then the angel of the Lord called unto him and said, out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. We see Abraham. He's never running from (laughs) the confrontation. He's never running from the task. Everybody who called him, he said, here am I. Here I am. I'm right here. I'm present. How many of us are present in body, but not in heart and spirit? We present in some tasks, but not in all things when our heart is not in it, but our heart is not in, not because of, that's what God wants, but our heart is not in, it's because what we're trying to guard ourselves from. We pull, you pull your heart back when you're afraid instead of actually going to go face your fear and say, here am I. Fear is taking some of our worship. For some of us. We don't see that fear in Abraham's life. We don't see him being fearful. He wasn't fearful to lose his son. He wasn't fearful to lose what he just, they did all this work to, to, to do. To bring forth. He said, what, well, here am I? And then verse 12, we see what? He said lay not thine hand upon the lad; neither do thou anything unto him for now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me. This is what he was a saying. What do we say a saying was he was measuring. He wanted to see How much fear of the Lord did he have? The fear of the Lord. And this is where there's a battle between the fears. We have a fear of the man's opinion, a fear of our own failures, a fear of our own successes, fear of actually accomplishing what we're supposed to do and what that's going to look like and how that might change us. And when the Lord spoke to me this morning, he said some of us don't want to be changed. Through our successes, we, we feel safer by staying the same because we don't think that when we do something that it's supposed to change us. But if we do things, things do supposed to add something to us, meaning if if I'm doing what God has called me to do, I should grow and growth is change. But sometimes we feel comfortable where we at so we don't want to go forward to the next place because of the honest to god fears that we have on the inside because it's either a fear that we're going to mess it up it's a fear that we can't do it and some of us are bowing to those fears and yes you do have a fear of the lord but we try to match that fear of the lord to those things and that's not the same the fear of the lord says look i'll go even if i do mess it up because god got I'm praying that I don't mess it up. But realistically, there may be some things I don't know. Realistically, there may be some things. It doesn't mean I'm going to mess it all up. I just made through the learning process. There's some things that I'm going to, you know, learn, have to be corrected about. We see Abraham learning faith. What did he do? He messed up. Slept with his handmaiden because that's what both of them messed up in their faith. But can you still come back and say, OK, God, I'm still I'm going to go the right way. See, the faith, the, the, the worship I'm talking about this morning is the worship of your obedience. The parable of getting through the test that you're in right now. God wants the worship of you finishing this test. Finish it. Finish the test, finish what I gave you. Finish finish the test. Let's press in and say God, now show me what do I need to do? What are the next set of instructions? What is it that I need to What is it that you're trying to measure in me? To see if I got enough of and some of it is just faith some of it is truth some of it is just devotion commitment holiness discipline he's, he's trying to test he's he's testing to see where where are you at and if you don't have enough to pass let's go back to him and say god now feel me so i can pass i'm coming up short But We don't want to hit the mark all the time. We want the prize without the mark. I want to come up short, but still be rewarded. But hitting the mark is going to take way more than what you want to give out for most of us. It's way more inconvenience. It's way more devotion. It's way more. It's way more obedience than what we are have planned for. But do it anyway. Look at your neighbor. Say, do it anyway, because he's worth it. <laughs> yes, he is. He's worth it. He didn't hold back from us, and he's saying, "Look, I see that you did not withhold your son. What are we holding back from him? Because whatever we're holding back, that is 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 is, is sucking." some of the worship why some of us feel like God it's so hard for me to connect with you it's so hard for me to it's because of the things that we're holding back that we won't just let go and say god you can have that too it's the things that we want control of that we want to be able to manipulate the outcome of where you got to say god no i trust you with that too even if it makes me cry and upset So I want to encourage you, pass the test, allow God to have you to walk through that worship place. And if you have to get into the times of worship where you are prostrate before him, do it. I I encourage you, do it. Worship him, praise him, sing unto him, honor him. Drag that heart back to him. Turn back to him. Let that thing go that wants to have your heart that fears and the different things that want to just try to weigh you down, the heaviness, the weights. Drag it away from that and say, no, 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 I'm going to rejoice in the God that has already shown me that I have the victory. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to worship the one that already has done everything for me. And I'm going to stay and stand on the word and I'm going to believe in the truth of the word of God for my life. Make a commitment back to the word. Make a commitment back to honoring those things that God has showed you, taught to you, spoke to you. Amen. Amen. I hope this bless you today. In Jesus name, I hope you feel convicted. I feel convicted. <laughs> I hope you feel uh, not just feel convicted, but is are convicted on the inside of your heart to really come back to him. Amen. And I be, and I encourage you to worship. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchoffilla.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social, to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchoffilla.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.